And please join with me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite any of the children who are here in the sanctuary to come and join me up front. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. Hi, Bertie, come on up. Thank you for helping to light the candle this morning. Looks beautiful over there. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome. We've got a good crowd coming down the center aisle. Good to see everybody this morning. I'm seeing a lot of red, a little bit of green, getting excited for Christmas Day. Come on down. Come on up, Wesley. So, how many of you are going to be here on Christmas Eve at the 4 o'clock service? Do you know? Maybe some of you will be here? Yeah, I'm going to be here too. One of the things that we do at the 4 o'clock service is we invite all the children to go upstairs into the fourth story theater and pick out a costume to wear. So you can be somebody who was at the manger when Jesus was born. So help me remember who all was at the manger when Jesus was born. What are some of those costumes? Yeah, just say it out loud. Santa. <laughs> a donkey. Donkey was there, yeah. No, Moses wasn't there. He would have been gone by then. That's a good guess. Yeah. In the movie, I remember the dogs. Dogs were there. Lots of animals were there. How about shepherds? Sheep were there. And the wise men, the wise ones, wore the crowns and brought the gifts. The kings, yep. The angels were there. Yeah, all these.
these great characters were there. God was there being born in Jesus, and Mary was there. If you look at my stole, I'm going to show you, see if you can see it. This is supposed to be Mary holding the baby Jesus. But you know, sometimes there was one other person there that we sometimes don't talk about as much. Joseph. Joseph was Jesus' earthly father. He was the one who married Mary, and together they raised Jesus until he was ready to go out into the world in ministry. And I'm getting ready to talk for a few minutes about Joseph and how important he was to Jesus and how we can learn so much from him. That even though we don't talk about him that much, even though there may not be a movie starring Joseph, what he did was really important. And that reminds me that there are ways that things that we do that may not make the headlines, they may not make a movie about it, but are very important. Joseph was kind and compassionate and generous, and we can be too. Let's pray together. Gracious God, this time of year, as we get closer to hearing the story of Jesus' birth, we thank you for all the people and all the animals and all the angels who surrounded him at his birth. And today especially, we give you thanks for Joseph, who was so kind and so generous and helped Jesus be welcomed into the world in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hopefully, we'll see some of you all on Saturday at 4 o'clock at the Christmas Eve service. But for now, if you are 3, 4, or 5, you can go with Emily and Pastor Nancy. Your perfect age to Children's Church. And if you're older, you can go back and sit with your family or friends. I definitely think there were dogs at the manger. Being a dog lover and a dog owner, had to be there. I don't know about you, but I have really enjoyed over the weeks of Advent hearing the scriptures portrayed for us through some of our drama and visual arts folks, especially the genealogy. It's not that interesting uh, to read through a genealogy, but in the first Sunday of Advent, they presented it for us in a way that helped it come alive. And I was excited this morning to hear the story of Joseph told in a, in a little more creative way. Now we wanted to stick with the scriptures, but I was excited to see, now who's going to play Joseph, and who's going to play the angel, and who will be the narrator? And then as I returned to this text again and started digging into it, I realized, well, nobody's going to play Joseph, because Joseph doesn't have any lines, did you realize that throughout all of scripture, Joseph never says a word? There are only two gospels that talk about Jesus' birth at all, Matthew and Luke. Luke's version of Jesus' birth we will hear on Christmas Eve. That's the one we perhaps know the best with the shepherds. Joseph is mentioned, but he doesn't speak. And most of Luke's account comes to us from Mary's perspective. We overhear her conversation with the angel Gabriel. We hear the song, the Magnificat, that she sings. And she is present throughout Jesus' adult ministry. Joseph shows up in Luke's gospel when Jesus is 12 years old, but again, he has no lines. Matthew's gospel 
tells us the story of Jesus' birth more from Joseph's perspective, and yet even so, he doesn't speak. And so it's easy for us to to overlook Joseph. In fact, I have a, a nativity set at home, and it's kind of hard to tell which is Joseph and which is the one of the Magi. I'm afraid I'm going to get him confused because <laughs> Joseph just isn't that remarkable in that nativity set. And as we look each week for artwork to portray the scriptures that we're going to be exploring together, I wanted a picture of Joseph holding the baby Jesus, and there just aren't that many. There are hundreds of thousands, if not more, of of Mary, the Madonna and child, but not of Joseph. And so I always look forward to this time of year and when we're in the lectionary cycle and we're, we're in the Gospel of Matthew that we have a chance to highlight Joseph and to ponder who he was and perhaps what kind of influence he had as he raised Jesus. Even though he doesn't say a word in the Gospels, he is an inspiring figure for us. And Matthew invites us this morning to put ourselves in Joseph's shoes, to experience these early days of Mary's pregnancy through the eyes and ears and heart of Joseph, and to see perhaps what we might learn from Joseph. So let's place ourselves in the moment. Matthew lays out the scenario in the first couple of verses that we've heard. He says that here is the story of the birth of Jesus. When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is a lot to unpack. So Mary and Joseph were engaged. Now in in those days, it was more of a binding agreement than our engagements might be in our day. They were betrothed to one another. At some point, probably, Joseph's parents and Mary's parents arranged this marriage. There would have been some sort of ceremony or ritual when Mary and Joseph in front of their family and all of their friends would have made their vows and promises to each other, that they were bound together, they belonged to each other, they would be faithful to each other. And then there would be a period of betrothal, of engagement, when they would remain chaste, When Joseph would go and prepare the home, most commonly, the husband would build a room onto his parents' house, and Joseph, being a man of construction, would have been constructing a room, building a place for Mary to come. In fact, there are some who say that that passage from John's gospel that we often hear at funerals was actually from that betrothal or wedding ceremony. Behold, I go and prepare a place for you and I will come and bring you to myself. So that's what Joseph is doing. He's building this home. He's building this future for himself and Mary. And then it comes to the surface that Mary is with child. Now Matthew says she is with child by the Holy Spirit. But we don't know if he's telling us that as readers. He wants us to know that this is a holy act of God. Or if Mary herself told Joseph, or if her parents told his parents who told him, 
we don't know how it came to be known that she was with child. But however it came to be known, Joseph doesn't believe it's of the Holy Spirit. The only thing he can understand in his frame of reference, and I'm right there with him, is that Mary has been unfaithful to him. And so we can only imagine, if we put ourselves in Joseph's shoes, what he is feeling and experiencing in this moment. I can imagine that he is angry, feeling betrayed, shocked. Someone he thought he knew has betrayed him in a way he could never have imagined. I imagine he's grieving because he was building this future. He had an expectation of what his future and Mary's future would be like. They would be married. They would have a family. They would live in his parents' home and be stable and happy. And now events have come out and the future he thought he was building is crumbling before his eyes. And in his mind, he only has two choices. All he conceive, conceive of are two choices. On the one hand, he could follow the letter of the law laid out in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, which says he has every right to drag Mary out in public and shame her and shame her family. This would be a way for him to make it clear to everyone that he has been obedient to his vows, that he has remained pure, that he is righteous and right, and she is the one who has shamed herself. But Joseph doesn't want to do that. And the truth is, Dr. A.J. Levine from Vanderbilt Divinity School has often said this kind of thing didn't happen that often. We do see an example in Jesus' life of a woman being brought out to be stoned because of her adultery. But normally the rabbis would not encourage the death penalty for such an infraction. But even so, Joseph does not act out of his anger, out of his hurt. He doesn't act out of a desire to preserve his reputation or to make sure that everybody knows that he's clean and pure. Instead, he makes the other choice that he thinks he has, which is the merciful choice, the kind choice, the loving choice, the choice that is the best he can do for Mary and her family in this situation, which is to dismiss her quietly. The word dismiss in the Greek can be translated in many ways. It could be divorce. It could also be to set her free. Perhaps to let her go so she can go and be with the man who is the father of the child. But to do all of that quietly and try and start over. In his mind, those are his only options. And here's where I want to pause and put ourselves in Joseph's shoes. I wonder how many different ways all of us in this room have experienced the loss of a future we thought we had. Maybe you've seen a relationship you thought was being built for the future crumble in front of your eyes. Or you have a future in mind for your children and where they will go and the paths they will take and they take different paths. And you have to reassess and realign your expectations for the future. 
Or maybe you had a future dreams of, of retirement and travel and suddenly you're facing a health crisis that may not allow you to do that and you have to adjust your expectations and hopes for the future. Or maybe you've lost someone in your life that you thought would be with you for years to come. Or maybe you've been doing the hard work in the world of trying to build a, a more loving and just society and you see all of that work that's not coming to fruition as you hoped. I don't know about you, but I can really identify when jo with Joseph in this moment of his life. Here he has built this room for his future and that future is not available to him. And so we join him as he goes to sleep that night, having made the most loving choice he could possibly make, and cries himself to sleep. But that is when God shows up. At the moment when Joseph thought all of his dreams were crushed, when he thought he had lost the future he had hoped for, that is when the angel comes to him in a dream and offers him a third way, a whole different option that he didn't even know he had. He could not have even imagined. God comes and invites him into a future he could never have built for himself. And the angel says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You have no idea what's going on, let me tell you. The baby she carries is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And he is the Messiah, the one that your people have been waiting for for generations. And I need you, Joseph. I am calling you to take Mary as your wife. Give shelter to her and to this child. Take this beautiful, loving, generous spirit and character you have and raise this child. You will claim him and you will name him Jesus. And because of you, he will be claimed as part of the house of David. Because of you, he will see an example of loving righteousness and compassion. And Joseph wakes up. And he says, yes. And he then steps into a future he would not have built for himself. It's not long before he and his wife and his child become refugees in Egypt to escape the threats of King Herod. He lives a life that he would not have expected to live that includes sacrifice and loss and struggle. From what we can tell from the Gospels, he didn't even live to see Jesus begin his public ministry. But you know what? He did his part. He did what he was called to do. And so must we. If you find yourself in a moment of life this morning where you feel like the future you had planned and expected is no longer an option for you, Remember Joseph and trust that God will step into your life and give you a future that is God's future. And the sooner we can let go of our own plans, I believe, the sooner God can send us into our future.
If you're not quite in that moment of your life, allow Joseph to inspire you to continue to be faithful, to choose the loving choice, to learn that righteousness means not obeying all of the rules, but living in kindness and compassion and love. And trust his example to know that even if you don't, if your picture doesn't make it onto the stole, if people confuse you with one of the wise men in the manger said, it's okay, because you're doing God's work. And you are helping to usher in the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God.